Hey, you're listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about the church, including upcoming service times in both our Cincinnati, Ohio, and Florence, Kentucky locations, visit us online at sevenhillschurch.tv. We hope this message helps you win the day. So hey, I got a fun message. We're gonna have a lot of fun uh, going into a story that we've all heard. The title of my message is The Profile of a Giant Killer. The Profile of a Giant Killer. Come on, I believe God has called each and every one of us to be giant killers in our life. And, we, and I believe we've given the enemy too much time, too much attention to let us tim- intimidate us, haunt us, give us fear and discouragement, and we need to rise up as God's people and go slay the giants in our life. So that's what we're gonna do today. Before I, uh, come on, bring the book. Did y'all bring the book today? Bring the book? Come on, raise it up if you brought the book. And all God's people said, Ever since he preached it, I bring it every single day to work. Even if I don't get into it that day, I still look at it, I'm thinking about it. And come on, if your Bible doesn't have some dings on it, then you're not using it enough. So get it dirty, get that Bible uh, messed up, because that's your sword of the spirit, you gotta go to war with it. Uh, But before I get into the scriptures, uh, let's pray real quick. Father God, we love you, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you do what only you can do. I prayed your word would go out from my lips and not return back void. I pray that it accomplishes accomplishes all that you want it to desire, Lord. We love you, we praise you, we bless you for what you're gonna do today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hey guys, uh, we're gonna read the story in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, Of course, David and Goliath, come on, we've heard this ever since we were little, we've heard it a million times, but I believe I'm gonna share some keys, some characteristics of how God used David to kill that giant. Right, in the, in the eyes of man, what looked impossible, come on, all things are possible with God, and I believe we can look at this story and we can walk out of here, giant killers today. No matter what you're facing, no matter what's in front of you, come on, the giant looks like a mountain, he looks impossible, but in God's hands, all things are possible. So, let's take a look in 1 Samuel uh, 17, again, to set the tone real quick. Um, David is just anointed king of Israel, So he's just anointed king from Saul, right? So now he's promoted king of the whole entire nation. And Jesse comes to David and he basically says, hey, hey David, I need you to go deliver this bread and cheese to your brothers on the battlefield. Now think about this request, which seems like a lowly request. It seems like, well, why would you possibly have me do this? I'm I'm the king of Israel. But I think David, the very first key to becoming a giant killer, he knew very, very quickly that giant killers are submitted to authority. Giant killers are submitted to authority. He did exactly what his daddy asked him to do. He said, you want me to go deliver bread and cheese? I'll be the pizza delivery boy, and that'll be there in a couple minutes. Giant killers are submitted to authority. And I skipped this part, but at the conclusion of this message, again, my goal is to empower you, inspire you, and have you motivated to be the giant killer that God's called you to be, because how many of y'all know Your family needs you to be a giant killer. Your kids need you to be a giant killer. Your business needs you to be a giant killer. The world needs you to be a giant killer. Come on. And that's what we're gonna do today. The Bible talks about if you're not under authority, then you're under rebellion. Submit yourselves to authority, the authority of God's word, the spiritual authority placed in your life, and the giants will fall around you. The second thing I want you to, I'm gonna go through a few of these first things quick and we're gonna have a little bit more fun on the back end. Verse 20 says, if they could throw it up there, 1 Samuel 17, verse 20, it says, so David rose early in the morning. Come on, turn your neighbor neighbor and say, get up early. Get up early. David rose early in the morning. Come on, I don't hear any middle schoolers or high schoolers saying amen to that. 
It says David left the sheep with the keeper and he took the things and went out as Jesse had commanded him. If you're gonna be a giant killer, you gotta be disciplined. Giant killers are disciplined. Lazy people don't kill giants. Come on, if you don't get out of bed and pray, if you don't get out of bed and read your Bible, if you don't start your day off in worship, if you don't start your day fired up and charged up, you're not gonna kill any giants in your life. Giant killers are disciplined. The Bible said, and he rose up early. Come on, giant killers get up early. I'm not talking about 3 a.m. I'm just talking about getting up with a sense of urgency. Come on, they get up. They get out of the trench ready to kill the giants in their life. I love this next part at the end of verse 20. It says, David came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight, and it says he shouted for the battle. Now, a trench is a low place. It doesn't tell us exactly how low. It could be five feet, six feet, 10 feet, but a trench is a place that's below the surface, right? He's in a low place, and here comes Goliath walking on that field. So think about the scene here. Again, Goliath, the Bible says he's nine feet tall. We have no reason to believe otherwise. So here's a nine-foot giant, and he's looking at him down in the trench, five or six feet below the surface. So now a nine-foot giant looks like a 15-foot giant, right? How many of y'all know the enemy will always show up at your lowest point? Usually the giants come when you're about as low as you think you can get, and it can't get any worse. And here comes big old Goliath walking on that field. The point I want to make is the enemy appears bigger because you're in a low place. If you would just get up, you'll find out that it's not as bad as you thought it was because the God in you is bigger than the giant in him. Come on, can I get an amen for that? But as long as you stay down in a trench, as long as you stay down in a low place, the giant is always gonna appear a whole lot bigger than he really is. Come on, you gotta get up. Giant killers, get up. The best way to make a giant look a whole lot smaller is if you're in that trench season of your life, and come on, you start pulling your way out. You start pulling your way out in praise. You start pulling your way out in worship. Come on, you get that sword of the spirit out. You start reading God's word. The enemy's gonna look a whole lot smaller. As you go up, the enemy comes down. One of my favorite parts here at the end of verse 20, it says, and he shouted for the battle. Come on, and he shouted for the battle. I have never seen a silent giant killer. Another key to killing those giants in your life. Giant killers are shouters. Giant killers lift their voice. Come on, if we're gonna change our families, our nation, our church, our community, giant killers gotta be shouters. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, giant killers are shouters. Come on, giant killers lift their voice like a trumpet, the sound of triumph. I love what Joshua said. He said, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Ezra said, shout, grace, grace, because the Lord has laid the foundation in your life. And I think some of us have let the devil do way too much talk in our life. That's why we walk around intimidated and scared and defeated and woe is me and offended. But I believe David opened his mouth and he said, you come at me with sword and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord, the God most high. And I walk in that authority to know that giant killers are shouters. The Bible says that for 40 days and 40 nights, Goliath would put on his armor and he'd walk out there on that battlefield. The battle was over a valley, the Philistine army on one side, the, the uh, Israelites on the other, and Goliath would walk out there for 40 days and 40 nights, put on that armor, and he would just talk down to God's people. He would blaspheme God, he would laugh at them, mock them, intimidate them, scare them. 
trying to defeat him with his words. And the question I'm gonna ask you is, who are you gonna let fill your valley? Are you gonna let the voice of fear, depression, discouragement, disappointment fill your valley? Or are you gonna let the valley that belonged to Judah, Judah means praise, are you gonna fill that valley with praise? Are you gonna fill that valley with God's word? You have to get, middle, get in the middle of that valley and sometimes you just gotta make the decision, devil, you've done way too much talking. I've done way too much listening to you. You have, put, you have given you way too much time and attention in my life and I'm gonna shout unto the God I serve that is mightier than you and I'm gonna fill that valley with praise because it belongs to Judah, it doesn't belong to Goliath, it belongs to praise. And we need to make that decision in our heart to fill that valley with praise. Giant killers are shouters. Giant killers are submitted. They're disciplined in the word, in prayer, in giving, in praise, in worship. Giant killers don't let the enemy do all the talking. Come on, giant killers are shouters. We fill the valley with praise because it belongs to Judah. The owner is Judah, the owner is praise. It's not fear, discouragement, or disappointment. Verse 25 says, when David heard Goliath defying, defying the God of Israel, he asked, I love this, what will happen to the person who defeats Goliath? Tell me, what's the reward? What's the reward? Verse 25 says, and it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will give great riches, he'll give him his daughter, and he'll give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. So you get lots of money, you'll get the king's daughter, and you don't have to pay taxes. Come on, who, who's gonna go fight a Goliath today for that? Amen? Come on, taxes keep going up and up and up. That's a whole other conversation. But the Bible said, David said, tell me again, what's the reward? Verse 28 said, Eliab, that's David's older brother, heard him speaking and he was burned with anger. And he asked, look at this put down, David, why have you come here? And who did you leave your few little sheep with? Don't you know this is like a man's battle? What are you doing here? You know, give us our pizza and hit the road. What are you doing here? Where's your few little sheep at? Come on, what a little put down. But I love how, Verse 30, look at David, love the determination. He heard what Eliab said and it says, then David turned from him toward another and asked the same question and the people answered him in the same way. In other words, David was asking, what is the reward? What is the reward? What is the reward? Three times David asked, what's the reward? David knew a key to killing the giants and it's like giant killers are focused on the reward. Giant killers are focused the Bible tells us about a place called heaven. It tells us about eternal life in Christ Jesus. It tells us that there's a place of streets of gold and walls of jasper. I'm telling you, I've come to encourage you today to get your eyes off the risk and get your eyes on the reward and that'll help you kill the giants in your life in Jesus' name. Verse 33, it tells us something else about a giant killer. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are just a youth. Come on, nobody believed in David. And he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant, me, used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out from the flock, I would go out after it and strike it and deliver the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck it and I killed it. 
Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them. Seeing as he's defied the armies of the living God, and David continues to say, the Lord who has delivered me from the paw of the lion and the bear, he surely he will deliver me from this Philistine. I love that. I think the key here is, amen for that. David said, David did what was right in the dark. David did what was right when nobody was looking. If you're gonna be a giant killer, you need to be the same in the dark as you are in the light. Giant killers have character. How many of y'all know the world needs more giant killers with character? People that will do the same in the dark as they will in the light. Because if you can't de defeat your own lion and bear in the dark, God won't let you defeat his enemies. God is watching what you do with the lion and the bear when nobody sees but you. I want you to notice something else about giant killers. They're, they have character, they're disciplined, they're shouters, they get up early, they're submitted to authority. Then I want you to notice that giant killers don't have two different outfits. Giant killers don't have two different wardrobes. Verse 38 says, then Saul dressed David in his tunic. He put on a coat of armor, he put the bronze helmet on his head, David fastened his sword over the tunic, and he tried walking around, but he was not used to those clothes. David said, I cannot go in these because I am not used to them. So he took them off. In other words, David said, I, I'm not gonna use your armor. I am what I am. Come on, giant killers need to be themselves. Giant killers don't pretend to be somebody else. Giant killers have the overwhelming confidence that God has given you a special anointing to kill the giants in your life. Giant killers stand firm in who God has called them to be. They say, I can't be you. I'm not gonna try to imitate you or be you. I have to be me. And I think that's the great thing about the body. The whole body joined held together by every supporting ligament. The hand can't say to the foot that one is more important than the other. You gotta be confident who God has called you to be. And that's the number one thing the enemy tries to take is your identity. Ever since the Garden of Eden, the enemy will always walk out there and try to make you feel insecure about who you are and what you've got and compare to somebody else. Come on, isn't that what he says? Isn't that what Goliath would say to them? Is that all you got? Come on. You just got a little sling and a couple little stones? That's all you got? What a pitiful little thing. But it's funny to me. God doesn't use the people we think he should use with all the swords and the shields and the armor and the gifts and the talents and the resources. I love how God all throughout the Bible, come on, he's, he's on a hunt. God is on a search. He looks for little people with a little slingshot with a couple little stones from the brook. And I think it's when we make decisions to be ourselves that what we think is a little slingshot, the anointing of God can turn a slingshot into a weapon of mass destruction and kill the giants in our life. I think when we make that decision that God's anointing is bigger, right? It goes from impossible to possible. We can start to slay the giants in our life. Use what you've got. God's given you that. Notice something else about a giant killer. Let's go to verse 40. It says, he took his staff in his hand, he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, five stones, and he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch he had, and his sling was in his hand. I love this, look at this confidence. And it says, David drew near to the Philistine. Did you ever notice that David picked up five stones from the brook? He was only fighting one giant. Why did he have five stones? 
I think David knew a little secret about slaying giants. I think he wanted to have enough in case he missed, which tells me this, giant killers bring backup stones. Giant killers are determined. Giant killers come ready for battle. Come on, right? Giant killers have a bag full of stones ready and they could all be different, all for a different use. Come on, we reached back into the stone and we got, hey, prayer. I got the stone of prayer. And I feel like David threw that at the giant, boom. And if he missed, well guess what? He'll reach back in there and grab the stone of fasting. Well if I didn't get you with prayer, well let me combine prayer and fasting and see what happens, come on. And he reaches back in there and says, well, oh, goodness, if that don't work, then I'm gonna call my small group. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. Well, guess what? If that one doesn't work, then let me give above and beyond my tithe and offering and let the windows of heaven open over my life. And if that doesn't work, then we'll just go to the extreme and do 21 days of prayer and fasting. But giant killers bring backup stones. Giant killers come prepared. They don't bring one, they bring a ton. And they're ready to kill the giants in their life. Giant killers are determined. That's the key that David knew. Where there's a will, there's a way. If I didn't get him this way, then I'm gonna go around. Come on, if I don't get him that way, then I'll build a bridge over. And if the bridge doesn't work, then I'm gonna build a tunnel under. But giant, giant killers aren't quitters. They don't look at opposition and cry in a corner somewhere. Giant killers are determined. And I love how the Bible says David drew near that Philistine. He knew that God was gonna kill that giant through David. He had that overwhelming confidence. And I think that's a key for us today, that giant killers are determined and giant killers Bring back up stones. Let's keep reading. Verse 45, it says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the car carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, then all the assembly shall know <laughs> that the Lord does not say by Lord, sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Then all the assembly shall know. Come on, everyone's gonna know. And you're gonna think about Eliab, right? Remember his brother who said, those people that put you down, right? What are you doing here with your few little sheep? Come on, you're the pizza delivery boy. This is no place for you, but I think, we'll have a good sense after we slay our giants to be able to look at Eliab, right, and say, hey, and you're gonna know, because I'm a giant killer. The city is gonna know, because I'm a giant killer. Your critics are gonna know, because you're a giant killer. That's what Pastor preached about last week, turning the raven into a breakfast for champions, right? Let's keep going here, verse 50. It says, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and he struck the Philistine and he killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine. He took his sword and he drew it out from the sheath and he killed him and he cut the head off of the giant. This is the biggest key that David knew. Giant killers don't just knock the enemy down, they chop his head off. He'll come back if you don't cut his head off. The Bible says that he took the head of Goliath and he took it to his home and he put it in his tent. 
I think it was a sign, a symbol, a reminder that the head represented authority, that he had authority not only on the battlefield, but that he was gonna have authority in his home, for his family, for his children, and he was gonna put it on that spike and remind himself every single day that he had the authority. And picture the final moment of victory, right? David takes the stone and he slings it and he hits Goliath in the head, right, right in the forehead, knocks him unconscious. And there's that nine foot giant that really looked about 15 foot tall from the trench he was in and everyone's can't believe it. Jaws are dropped, you can hear a pin drop and David did it. And there's the Goliath right in front of him. The thing that had been intimidating him, putting him down, blaspheming God and his people, literally saying this is gonna be a complete slaughter, David had done it. And I believe when David walked over to Goliath, I, I bet he stood on top of him. He probably stood on top of his chest. And I bet the first thing he did was he looked at Eliab and he said, we've never had a victory like this in our home. Come on, the big brother that put him down and said, you'll do nothing. He said, you're gonna see, we're gonna have victory here and victory in our home. But then the Bible says that he wasn't just satisfied with that. He knew to slay that giant once and for all, he had to chop his head off. So David took the sword out from Goliath like this. And this, the Bible says, and all the assembly shall know, everyone's watching. And he cuts the head off that giant. I think David had a sense, he wanted to put an exclamation point on that victory. And I think sometimes we gotta get mad at the enemy, huh? I think sometimes we just give him too much time and attention. Come on, we gotta shout unto the Lord our God to know that he has given us the victory. Come on, we're not just a bunch of people who walk around wounded and offended and upset. God has given us the greatest weapon that's ever been created, the sword of the spirit. Come on, if you're facing a giant today, you gotta look at it in the face and you gotta say, this is not your home. You can't have my family, you can't have my friends, you can't have my children, my future. You have to declare that over your life and your situation. Why? Because we're in a covenant with God. I think we forget sometimes that we are children of God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us and that lets us kill our giants. It's not a little sling or a stone, it's a weapon of mass destruction. Be encouraged today. The enemy doesn't have the final say in your life or in your home or in your tent. We're in a covenant with God. And he said if we will believe him that we will be saved and we will have that holy power in our lives. Come on, we gotta lift up our voices and let praise occupy the valley. Far too long we've let fear and discouragement and disappointment occupy our lives, but it's time that giant killers are shouters. Giant killers would say, God, I'm gonna praise you when I don't feel like it, and I know that you're gonna come through in a mighty way and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. Closing with this. That's so good, because the valley belongs to Judah. Come on, the, the owner of the valley is praise. It's not fear, not discouragement, not disappointment. We forget, that valley belongs to praise. Doesn't belong to the lies of Goliath, doesn't belong to the sins of my father and family or whatnot, belongs to praise. So again, the battle, the children of Israel on one side, the Philistine army on the other, and this was a big battle. If you read your Bible, this determined generations and generations and generations. This was a huge fork in the road. 
And Goliath was pretty confident that, hey, this battle's pretty much won. You guys might as well drop your weapons and call it a day or it's gonna get bad. And big old Goliath, come on, he walks out there every single day. You need to be reminded that the enemy's gonna intimidate you every single day. He's gonna get up, he's gonna come knocking on your door, he's gonna come putting you down, discouraging you, intimidating you, filling your mind with fear, filling your mind with defeat. But I love David, who the Bible said he's from Bethlehem, Judea. Means he was born in praise. David said, the valley belongs to Judah. It doesn't belong to fear. It doesn't belong to discouragement. It doesn't belong to the lies of Goliath. And maybe you're sitting out there saying, Evan, I just got a bad doctor's report. You, you don't know what I'm talking about or what I'm going through. I, maybe I don't, but I can tell you the valley you're in doesn't belong to intimidation. I can tell you that. Maybe you say, well, I battle depression, addiction, anxiety on a daily basis. The valley you're in does not belong to intimidation. You're either gonna let Goliath trash talk you for the rest of your life, or you're gonna, let, you're gonna occupy the valley with praise because God has called you to be a giant killer. You gotta have the understanding to know that God's anointing will come on what you've got and turn a little stone into a weapon of mass destruction. We gotta learn from this life and the story of David. You've been called to be a giant killer. And when you do that, we'll have victory not just in our church, not just in your home, but in our community and for our world. And I believe this morning I had one assignment, encourage you, inspire you, and I believe God wants to give every single person in here in Cincinnati, online, everywhere, authority in your tent, in your family, in your home today. You walked in a pizza delivery boy, you're gonna walk out a giant killer. That's what we're gonna do today. And what we need to do, like David did, he modeled the way for us, he grabbed that head and he put it on that spike as a reminder. And if I can just be honest for a couple minutes, we've all faced giants, maybe you're facing a giant that seems 50 feet tall, and we'll get to that in a minute. You know, my giants came in college. I would, I would say I was in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. I mean, it couldn't get any worse. Party scene, drinking, finding my identity in football, everything was wrapped into that. That's who I was, that's, that's all Evan Crummer was, was football and that, and that's where all of my energy was going. And, and I remember I got a phone call that my dad had passed away, age of 46, totally unexpected, had a heart attack, never said goodbye, never had closure. It's a horrible, horrible time in my life. And it gets a lot worse. Right, it wasn't a nine foot giant, it, it became a 15 foot giant when shortly after that I, I broke my back. I herniated my L5 and I lost my starting position. My identity wrapped up in this starting position, gone. I'm sitting in a hotel room recovering from back surgery and my dad just passed away. It gets worse. I know it's silly, but it was exam week and my laptop crashed, just stopped working. I lost all my work all the take-home exams, all the papers, everything, gone. Lost my dad, lost my position, my identity, lost my schoolwork, sitting in a hotel room in a bed, recovering from back surgery. I was facing depression, hopelessness, defeat. It was the worst, worst season of my life ever. 
They were giants coming from left to right, from every single one. I'm in a trench in the mud and I can't move, I can't think. But I had a choice to make just like David. I had a choice to make just like you, every single one of you in here facing a giant in your life today. Was I gonna let the giant in my life defeat me or was I gonna stand up and fight and occupy the valley with praise? The Bible says every day Goliath's gonna walk on that field, every day. You're gonna wake up tomorrow and the giant you're facing, he's gonna come out and intimidate you, put on his armor and walk by you and scare you and defeat you and put you down, put you back in your trench. Every day we're gonna be tempted unless you face and kill your giant and cut the head off of it. My question for you today is what is your giant? What is your Goliath? What's that thing that scares you to death, that it takes your breath away, that you lose sleep over? You don't wanna look at it. You wanna hide in a trench. You wanna hide in a corner. What's that giant that scares you to death? I wanna do something today that I feel like the Lord wants us to do together. If you guys would go ahead and stand to your feet, we're not done with service, but I believe there's power in action, right? The Bible says not just hearing the word, but being doers of the word. James says that blessed are those who do what the Bible says. My question is, do you want to have authority over the enemy in your life today? I don't know what you're facing. It could be depression, it could be anxiety, addiction, your kids are gone, your marriage is a wreck, your finances are in shambles, you're facing poverty, I don't know what it is but we're all facing a giant. And I think we can learn from the life of David how to be the giant killers that God's called us to be. It doesn't require skill, doesn't require all this talent, doesn't require us to say, man, I wish I had what they had. It requires us studying the life of David, a shepherd boy, a Domino's pizza delivery guy who went out there and slayed the 15-foot giant and changed generations and generations and generations to come. So what I want you to do, everyone that's listening to me, I want you to reach down you're gonna grab the head of that Goliath. Come on, it's dripping blood. Some of y'all didn't do it. Grab the head of that Goliath and hold it up. Get that firm grip of that giant that's been intimidating you for far too long. Come on, we are done giving time and energy to the enemy who has no place in our lives. Now listen to me. We're gonna declare this together. Come on, depression is not gonna live in my home. Fear is not gonna live in my home. Condemnation is not gonna live in my home. Addiction is not gonna live in my home. Unforgiveness is not gonna live in my home. Poverty is not gonna live in my home. Sickness is not gonna live in my home. But instead, love is gonna live in my home. Peace is gonna live in my home. Joy is gonna live in my home. Generosity is gonna live in my home. The anointing of God's gonna live in my home because I have authority over the enemy in my tent. Hey. Quit acting like a loser, you're a giant killer. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you power, love, and a sound mind. God goes before you, God is behind you. He's in front of you, he's anointed you. He takes your little stone and he makes it a weapon of mass destruction. Come on y'all, let's declare God's goodness. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to experience daily content, messages, and inspiration, go ahead and sign up for Daily Bread with PM by visiting sevenhillschurch.tv slash dbpm. Thanks for listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast.